97X. Band the future of rock and roll. Welcome to Donk Teeny, episode 27. On today's show, Simone explains how not doing homework can lead to remedial English. Stephanie uses profanity for speech therapy. And things get heavy when Simone responds to a voicemail and explains how God slipped away from her. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm doing very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, we had a little bit of a hold-up before we got started recording today. What oh, happened? Oh, we did. Judah, he just turned 10, and he was having this epic meltdown over his homework. And oh. I totally relate to him being so frustrated. <laughs> but it's like it's just like five dictionary words supposed to look up and then just copy them down. He's like, ah, this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't like convince him otherwise when he's in that state. And I get yeah. like the reaction is to get mad at him and like whatever. I do like way harder things like this like five million times every day. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't say you know I can't really say that when no. if I want to help him at all or get anything done so he was just like in a heap on the floor and I was in there with him so I was late calling you but yeah he was just really bummed out he gets super emotional yeah I mean I I didn't get that bummed out about homework when I was a kid because my policy was just not to do it I just just didn't do my homework period I just not I I just didn't see the point I wasn't interested I'd rather watch the Brady Bunch or Batman I just I just didn't do do the homework but this came came to bite me in the butt when I was uh in year seven so when I was 12 but I guess I never handed in any English homework and then one period a week was set aside for silent reading and I was like great silent reading I think I got to do it a couple times and then suddenly one day the teacher called a bunch of names Jackie and Nadia Simone and we all go with another teacher while silent readings on and then I mm-hmm. realize we're in remedial English class and I was <laughs> oh, so offended the shame. the shame I was like oh and oh. and the thing was that I the people I was with didn't even know why they were there they couldn't they didn't even figure it out they're like why are we here and I'm like <laughs> because they think we can't do English and I was so annoyed but I knew why because the teacher hadn't seen me do any work at all <laughs> so that was she reason. must have thought I was and I'm you know ethnic looking so I must be struggling oh. with English <laughs> oh my god yeah so I got put in a in, a, in an in an ESL class as yeah in primary school what? I got put in an ESL class just for like I think it was just a check me out but I was only in there for one day and of course I had no problem so anyway so with this teacher that put me in the remedial English class one day I because I just do things that interested me not homework so Mm -hmm. I'd written a story and I just handed it into the teacher after not handing in anything else I just randomly hand her in this story I was like yeah I just wrote this Uh, I don't know if you wouldn't if you look over it for me that would be great thanks and she was like okay and she looked really surprised Anyway, and then she gave it back, and then I was never in the remedial English class again. <laughs> nice. I wonder what yeah. that story was about. Do you even remember? Uh, I, 
actually, well, now now actually here comes the shame. I think it was well written, but it was a real rip-off of um, The House of Wax with Vincent Price. So I pretty much... <laughs> I took the whole concept of somebody murdering somebody to turn them into wax figures, but oh then I created God. a different story around it. So, <laughs> it was called Murder Behind the Curtains. <laughs> That was my story, and I and I remember when I hand, when she handed it back, I was really worried she'd seen House of Wax and would know. And oh, I had that's so Totally ripped funny. it off, but she didn't know, and and, uh, and I even if she did, it wasn't a poorly written story. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So I was, but I didn't hand it in with that purpose. But but that definitely definitely got me out of it after that. Murder behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was good enough of Vincent Price. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember, and I cut. I cut pictures out of a magazine to illustrate it too. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. So I had, I had like a, a, like it was like a beaker filled with rice that was supposed to represent the the pot of of wax, and then I just had a cut out of a man that was upside down, like he had fallen into them. <laughs> oh my god, that reminds me yeah. of being. I remember I was in fifth grade and I had to do this like epic report, book report on birds and um, you had to like have pictures of these different birds and I'm like where the hell do you get these pictures if not in the encyclopedia and they're like no and I asked my parents because we had a set of encyclopedias I'm like can I can I cut pictures out of the encyclopedia and they said no and I was so desperate I ended up doing it anyway <laughs> so and they never noticed because who goes and looks up birds? Yeah, so they would stupid. never notice. It's like in Back to the Future One when Marty rips that page out of the phone book with Doc's know, address. It always burns him. Like, what if somebody else needed to know the, you know, the I'm D like, Brown? You know, it's gone. Know. He's really stressed out if he would just throw caution to the wind and rip that page out. Yeah, and I'm surprised that Lou of the cafe doesn't scold him for that. I know. I, just, I was shocked I, by that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not okay, but um, but how did you um, end up coming, uh, Judah, back to back to his homework was? Well, I just kind of pat his back and I tell him, all, you know, I'm just totally reassuring with him, and and he's down on the floor and he goes, I hate having to do all this shitty homework, and then he goes. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mom, that I said a bad word. I'm so sorry. And it was just so sweet. And I go, it's okay, honey, I understand, you know. And um, It kind of reminded me of how he is in this, because of his teeth, like, he's totally, he's got the totally jacked up grill because it's just how his teeth are growing in. But the dentist says it's too early to see if he'll need braces or not. We'll have to wait and see. But anyway, uh-huh. they have him in, like, um, special class to say his S's correctly. Because uh-huh. what he'll do is he'll just like, you know, put them on his tongue, like say S, like, like a th sound, you know, because he yeah. has a space between his teeth, so it still works. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. You have to bite your teeth together to say your S's. And so to get him to do it, I let him say the word ass. <laughs> 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 like, let's practice your S's. And so Jude and I were here in here in my room, and, and I was like ass, and he goes ass, and and I said it back, and we're saying ass, 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 back and forth. And David walks in, and he goes, "What is going on?" <laughs> I'm like, I said he can say ass if he's going to use it to learn how to say his s's correctly. And David goes, Ugh. and so then Judah goes whole. <laughs> and we're like, no, you can't really can't say that word. That's a bad word. So. Uh, profanity is the great motivator. Totally is.
now, before we proceed, I just wanted to uh, remind everyone that we have our voicemail. one 301 dong That's one 3664 Last episode... I gave the four digits wrong because I guess I didn't probably calculate them <laughs> on on the phone before I uh, before I uh, on the keypad before I read it out. So I in, in my haste I gave it incorrectly. So yeah, three six six four is what dong spells out. So or what spells out dong I should say. So is there anyone now in this day and age who doesn't even have the letters written out on the keyboard on their little phone pad, though? Well, like I think everyone has it, but in Australia they don't use it. Like, no numbers are given that way. I remember when I would see things of that nature on TV or in movies and stuff, I would be confused by how you could dial a word. So, um, But they were really? still, you know, rotary phones at that point. So I think everyone has oh, it. But really? Yes. So, oh, so wow. but they, they don't tend to give numbers there like that. But I'll tell you what, a few years ago, um, I got Greg a texting phone. So it had a little mm-hmm. pop-out keyboard. And with the number, the way the numbers were sort of mixed in with the letters, but oh, yeah. they didn't have the, the the letters corresponding with the numbers on it. There was just no way. So if he got a number that was only, <laughs> you know, one three two three three zero one dong, he would have to like somehow like draw a map and figure it out because it didn't actually have it on the on the uh, on the button. So it was kind of a crisis, but yeah, he overcame. <laughs> I remember that before iPhones, like just like texting like. The word the was like eight, four, you know, three. And oh. <laughs> Remember that? You had to press the buttons three times yes! before there was predictive text. Oh. <laughs> How do we put up with that? Just like with MySpace and, and filming cameras. How did we put up with both of those things for so long? I know. It's <sighs> so Katie. Yes, Katie. She left Katie. us a she left us our voicemail, our very first one, and it was actually super hilarious. Yes, thank you, So Katie. everybody yeah. has that to live up to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here it is. Hello, Dong Teeny voicemail. This is Katie A. Jones. Um, you probably know who that is. Maybe I don't really know why you have a voicemail. I guess I'm supposed to ask questions or something or tell you how awesome you are. Anyway, I guess my question would be, can Simone talk more about her religion stuff, her religious past, I guess? Because that's pretty much all Steffi does on the show. <laughs> talk about religion. And I think it'd be interesting to hear um, more of Simone's background of religion. Only because it sounds like it's probably less traumatizing. And we can't really pull that out of traumatized people like Steffi. Not that you're traumatized, but you kind of are. All right, well, that is all. We'll probably call, like, every day or, like, in an hour, maybe 15 minutes. Okay, bye. Thank you, Katie, for leaving that message. So, yes, so she asked an interesting question. It was actually something I had wanted to talk about mm-hmm. after I was listening to your Grapes of Red episode, Stephanie, with uh, with uh, Dave Bazan. So mm-hmm. uh, he had said something uh, about when you lose faith and, and, and grieving that loss. Yeah. And, and when I was hearing that, I thought, oh, I never, I'd never thought about it, but I never felt a sense of loss you know when I stopped Mm -hmm. believing and and it made me sort of think and I've kind of thought this for you know a while I think talking to other people who are 
had really, you know, intense religious upbringings like you had that, oh, well, you know, I kind of got used to the idea that maybe I didn't really believe that much or, you know, I was never that serious about it. But I realize I've just kind of got used to thinking that just because I don't believe now. But even though Mm -hmm. I didn't have all that, I mean, I 100% believed there was no... There's no question about it. To me, it was it was mm-hmm. it, it wasn't drilled into me, but it was like, yeah, the sky is blue and there's God. That's it. There was really no question about it. It wasn't enforced or anything. It just was. And while we went Catholic, I went to a Catholic school, so I was completely immersed in it. And I was a pretty miserable kid, you know. I was a Aww. sad child with no friends and an unpopular, depressed teenager. And even that whole time, me too. Aww. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, but even through all that, I it never made me not believe. That just right. made me, you know, ask God why He was letting this happen to me, and I prayed for help. But I didn't right. doubt that He was there. I just you know hoped that something, you know, better would happen, or that He would eventually sort me out. So, you know, it was. So that's why when but when when so when Bazan was talking about that, I was like I was like I had I did I really strongly believed that that all this was true. And um, despite all that miserable childhood, I still believed. But a lot of people will say, some people when atheists say, yeah, they can't be a god because my life sucks. That really annoys me because it's so much bigger than than you and your problems, you know. Mm -hmm. So that, that has always kind of annoyed me. And in fact, it was the exact opposite problem that kind of led me to start doubting because I... I had uh, I went on this Mr. Bungle tour when I was I was 18. Uh, my friend and I went to every show they did in Australia, and it was the most amazing thing ever. And 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 then afterwards, my friend and I were like, oh, we should, we should go to church and pray and thank God for this amazing thing Aww. that happened. And 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 mm-hmm. we kept forgetting to do it because we were lame. And we and we kept saying, oh my God, I can't believe we haven't gone to church. We're so bad. And we kept saying it over and over again. <laughs> but then I started to think. Why would he do this for me with all this other terrible shit going on in the world? So it was the opposite of, you know, I'm blessed. It was all these other people aren't blessed. And that's when it sort of, it sort of started to, um, to unravel. And then it was maybe a year and a half later, Greg and I were still just friends at this point, but we were on a, Mm -hmm. we were on a a road trip together and we were just talking about stuff. And it wasn't one of those, oh, I have this boyfriend, I'll do anything he says, because we weren't together at Mm -hmm. all. You know, we were just friends Mm -hmm. and, you know, just talking about stuff just very logically and, and it, and, and he, I remember him just being just reasonable, like, well, yeah, well, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And I would be like, yeah, it doesn't. And it just sort of fell apart like mm-hmm. that it was just that that easy and um and i didn't feel any grief over that because it just didn't make mm-hmm. any sense anymore and you know maybe mm-hmm. because it hadn't been drilled into me in this in this way like you had that mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't create all this 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 stuff that that, that there was to lose i don't know mm-hmm. so well and maybe because it felt like a relief to realize maybe to um because it didn't feel like a big trauma yeah like kind of like you were just saying like it wasn't something that um you were so attached to yeah. that it felt like a loss and you know even though it still was but it must have also felt like a, a, a discovery or like a moving forward you know so maybe yeah. that kind of um 
felt bigger than the loss part. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking, and I kind of think that's that's how Katie sounds as well. That just yeah. she, like her eyes are wide open, and, and it's like, oh my god, all this stuff's amazing. But I didn't even go through that that because she's having that angry period because it's kind of more reactionary because her family right. is so hardcore. But I didn't okay. have that, so it took me it took me just years of just having this. Oh yeah, that's not real, and just it just sort of slowly evolving in my mind because I would still think about things and. That just was, mm-hmm. and God was just never factoring into it. Just the more I would think about, it, the less sense it would make, you know. Uh-huh. And um, uh-huh. but and it was weird because until that point, I realized I only realized this a few weeks ago that I'd never talked to any any a non-believer about non-belief before, and I was twenty <laughs> and. And I thought, gosh, like, and as soon as it happens, it sort of unraveled. And, and, and it kind of made me think that's what the, you know, hardcore evangelicals are so afraid of, that if you start asking mm-hmm. questions, that's exactly what's going to happen, yeah. you know? And that exactly. is what happened, because, and, and I mean, and how much do you wonder if you if you didn't have the upbringing you had, how much, what do you think, could you, it's hard to imagine what your belief system would be. I know. And I, but I also know a lot of people who grew up atheist and then and now they're Christians. Yeah, yeah. So that's, and I, I mean, those stories are really fascinating to me too. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just, it's so backwards from mine. You know? Yeah, I know. Those, so, I, yeah, those, I, yeah. those boggle my mind. Like, I, I'm, I'm, want to know more about those people because I can't, totally. when I, early on when I, when I stopped believing, because I, I sort of, you know, I wasn't being in anyone's face and being obnoxious, but I was like, well, I think it's just kind of a crutch because you need to feel like there's more out there when you die, sort yeah. of thing. And yeah, and that was sort of my explanation for it. And I used to say, well, I can imagine getting old and feeling desperate because I'm about to die and and mm-hmm. sort of finding God again out of necessity. So this was me objectively saying, I'll probably try to brainwash myself when I get older. And, <laughs> and, and But now I can't imagine that happening because... Right. It, it just doesn't it just doesn't doesn't compute but i also want to know what you think yeah. about that because also on that podcast uh, you said mm-hmm. i have no respect for anyone who says that's wrong and i don't believe that so i'm not saying it's wrong but i definitely don't believe that oh gosh what was the context for that I'd have um, to pull that back up yeah yeah i guess i should give it a bit more context but i think you were just talking about people that were so hard on their on their position that i i you know I don't. I can't like not entertaining oh, yeah. other 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 possibilities. Oh right, <clears throat> yeah. On um, both sides of the coin. I mean, any side of any coin. I don't like. It, it goes back to how can you name someone else's experience? You know, like yeah. Um, if I were to dismiss your journey with this, like that would be horrible of me. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. To say oh whatever, Simone's just wrong. Yeah. You know, it's that sort of that sort of thinking that I don't have respect for. Like. Um, um, like the many people who send me their stuff about tell me their stories about how their families are reacting to them like the way they're treating the families are treating these people who are leaving their faith and that I have no respect for that yeah you no, know, no. for them saying and you know all, you know also by the same token like the atheists who would go like that's retarded that anyone would believe that you know like I and not I don't think I know that many people even who, who do do that I know they're out there but yeah um yeah I mean you and Greg like are very respectful of, yeah of my stuff and days of my stuff you know and all that sort of thing yeah no I wouldn't so, say to anybody I think I had sort of a period of being more confrontational about it because again again yeah, when you well, when you first kind of too. yeah you've, you've you've been through that on the on the opposite end of the spectrum but when you first kind of uh-huh. realize it is almost like you're witnessing to people are you insane <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> haven't you heard the good news <laughs> nothing was risen <laughs> you heard the good news <laughs> there is no God that's the 
good news. <laughs> it's great news. Wow. So it is kind of so it yeah. is kind of the the opposite. It's uh it's sort of evangelizing on 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 the opposite end. So I think yeah, when you finally start to really see all that stuff, you really want to like you know snap people out of it. And then and now I'm just sort of at the point where it's you know. It just it don't I don't doesn't it bothers me when people are intrusive on other people with their beliefs and exactly. try to legislate and all that kind of stuff and that and that makes uh, me angry at religion so much more than I would be if it yeah. everyone just minded their own fucking business with it you know <sighs> so well you know what um you know who James Dobson is right yes um and he's you know the head of Focus on the Family and um I know his son yes. Ryan because we went to church camp together in Colorado in the 90s. <laughs> but he's my friend on Facebook and I've, I've been on his, he has a radio show that's completely Christian, like right wing, you know, that sort of angle. And he said on Facebook yesterday, he linked something from the right wing, right wing watch, which is this excellent website who keeps tabs on the fucked up shit that the right wing are doing. And they quoted Ryan Dobson likening homosexuality to to alcoholics driving drunk or something like that it was like some bizarre analogy and he commented um well if you're not making some people mad then you're not doing the right thing and i just commented on it i was like i would love to talk with you about this yeah and he's he's like okay you know my wife just had a baby which is true Uh (laughs) and and he's like but yeah i'd like to talk with you too and david's going to be on his radio show like in a week or two to talk about the blackjack movie and i'm like david bring it up on the air (laughs) the gay alcoholic thing but i'm just going god you know his uh it just like was super disturbing yeah um just because i feel like he, you know, that's the type of thinking that's so hard for me as well, where he's going, nope, you aren't, you know, you were not born gay. Yeah. Just like, yeah, so. Yeah. Well, it, it is obnoxious. That's that hard but line when, when the, Well, the difference between uh, a staunch atheist and, and everybody else is that this, it, that's almost fixed. It's one thing of disbelief, whereas believe is a, there's a million different versions and interpretations and everyone's trying to push it you know so it's sort of yeah that's why it's harder i think from from our end to be sort of like you're all talking a million different things whereas we're pretty much all saying the same thing you know Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think that's that's uh, and Ricky Gervais said the only difference between me and you is that there's like you know six thousand different gods and I believe in one less than you do. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's awesome. it's, it's, so, it's so true. There's so many other things you don't believe in. You're atheists. Of, uh, people are atheists of all kinds of other things. But I'm in. in yeah. I, I believe in one less, and and now yeah. it's a huge issue. You know. So yeah, I think that's sort of a, a good way to put it. So, yeah. Anyway, but what do you think about that? Where I said I don't think I could ever, I could ever believe. I'm convinced that I will never. What do you think of that? Oh, I think. Well, I, I know I get that. Like I, um, yeah, because I mean that's kind of what believe you know believing anything is is like. Okay, this is, you know my system this is my framework for how i'm going to exist in the world yeah. and you really just for the sake of sanity you can't it's hard to think outside of that concept you know yeah <laughs> so well it's not for um, sanity because I, I don't i don't subscribe to doing things that are comfortable i don't i sure there's plenty of things yeah, that yeah, i acknowledge yeah. that that are uncomfortable that i just think that they are true so yeah yeah it just yeah it's it, to me it's it's anything like that you just something simple and tangible that that anyone would understand and agree with 
like catching a spouse cheating, for example, Ugh. that is not okay. You know, it's, yeah. that is cheating. Like, I don't it, anticipate it, ever seeing that happen in my life. Just kind of like you don't anticipate ever believing. Yeah, yeah. You know? like, no, but what I'm saying is what is thing. certain about that is that that's not okay and that that will break your heart. And similarly, mm-hmm. just as certain as I am about how I'd respond to that, it feels like I'm rejecting religion in a way that makes logical sense. Because everyday logic has to be abandoned to believe, and I can't foresee ever doing that. Yeah, it's the the everything that's sort of constructed that doesn't make sense. It, is 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 that real to 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 a non-believer? That there's just no way that just as you know how hurtful the cheating is going to be, you know this stuff is never going to make sense. Right, right. It's sort of fixed as I see it. Yeah. So. No, I totally get that. That's. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people, and a lot of people think we're not spiritual about stuff. That we- well, you know what's interesting about that is, like, I see, for example, Greg's veganism as being like a spiritual thing. Yeah, almost. and your vegetarianism, like, I see that as kind of being a spiritual thing. Well, yeah, it's so. like obviously I care about something other than yeah. myself because it would be a lot easier if I could go into any restaurant and eat a beef taco. But yeah. well, obviously not an Italian restaurant, I wouldn't get a beef taco. But in any Mexican restaurant, <laughs> if I could go and get a beef taco, but you know, I've made made this choice because I love and respect animals as well as people but yeah. um, but another thing is people think they think our life is meaningless and I don't understand why people think their lives have, what, would get more value if, if they went on forever I feel like that devalues life right you know right. because I'm like I don't it's got it's it, something's got to happen something's got to give like this can't keep up forever but, but, <laughs> but to me that, that de- that's completely devaluing it because like for example records anything that's rare antiques whatever it's stuff that was not mass produced it was limited quantities mm-hmm. in great demand and that's how things are valuable just in a in a in a very day-to-day sense you know and people mm-hmm. want to sell records oh i've got all these beatles albums yeah they pressed millions of those they're not in short supply and and mm-hmm. it's the same thing if your life went on forever then it devalues the time we have now and it's because mm-hmm. because i think that this is it I, I it's like i treasure yeah. it because this is it and i'm that's what i'm focused on i'm not focused on anything else yeah so see i think that's really spiritual actually you know yeah. like the living in the present thing is like that that notion like spans all kinds of you know yeah. the eastern religions are very into that for example yeah i guess you know christianity is too not christian culture for damn sure yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah two whole <laughs> like different the, things. the early church and all that so yeah absolutely you guys yeah you guys seem very and you're 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 very principled you know yeah that's how um greg can go on those fantastic rants because they come from a really deep place yeah really deep-seated conviction you know yes i care a lot about this shit and you're very good parents to your cat thank you (laughs) thank you gosh Um, it's like the real children can you make the oh god sound for me that you make whenever you see the cat do something cute? okay yeah so when the cats do (laughs) something cute i go Oh God! <laughs> and in that moment, when my cat is cute, there is a God. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my. <clears throat> um, well, so I guess keeping in the vein of God, but still shifting gears completely. <laughs> I am going to do a reading from the heart. So this is courtesy, uh, thanks to Aaron Mason of the Grapes of Rad. He sent this picture to Stephanie, sent it to me. 
I just died. It's kind of like, you know, atheist porn, really. But anyway, the, t- <laughs> the title of the book is called Helping the Retarded to Know God. <laughs> I had to just post, I posted it on Facebook and I couldn't even comment because I was like, I'll just say something really offensive I if I comment. So I just put, I know, no comment. I, mean, I posted it on Facebook. I was like, just, I hovered over the comment box for like a full minute going, no, I can't. I can't say that. I can't I say know. that. But it's a book from the 60s. So yeah. it's like really genuine and not as politically incorrect as it would be now. Yeah. So. And the picture, we'll put the picture on the website, but it's this blue cover with a beautiful font and just this bleary-eyed drawing of a bleary-eyed kid looking off into the distance. <laughs> like, oh, where's <laughs> Anyway. He's up there so, somewhere. There's some obnoxious review, but I love it, on uh, on Amazon. And, uh, and here it is, my reading from the heart. My son is 15 years old and is living with Down syndrome and nothing in this book seems to work. I just can't reach him. When I tried telling him about God's universal and unconditional love, he just said, tell that to the AIDS babies dying of starvation in Africa every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. When I tried to teach him of how God sacrificed his only begotten son to cleanse us of sin, he stared... (laughs) He stared me straight in the face with eyes slightly too far apart and said... That doesn't make any sense. He sacrificed himself to himself to rid us of the sins of someone who scientifically couldn't exist. Why would some imaginary jerk sin even affect me at all? I didn't eat that apple. I'm not responsible. I wasn't even born. Yes, that kid is not retarded. <laughs> he even had the gall to ask me for proof, as if the proof isn't written in the wind and the trees and the ocean and the land. <laughs> he wiped the drool from his chin and said through his fat tongue, <laughs> That which can be asserted without proof can be dismissed without proof. Nothing in this book helped. He constantly questioned and constantly countered everything I or the book had to say. And what's worse is that by the end of the book, I didn't know if I believed anymore either. I would not recommend this book. (laughs) That was on Amazon? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's the best ever. (laughs) Oh boy. Thank you, King Mab, for that review. That was brilliant. Well, on that note, I think we'll wrap things up. So thank you all for listening. And please visit dongtini.com for any supplementary material. And you can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and all that crap. So until (laughs) next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone.
Celebrate 